and the experience elevated and now we're getting more referrals and we have more impact we're making more money why well, because it's not about you anymore it's about it's a we movement not a me movement and this is such a key piece to that shift where the customer not only is taken care of but they're even more taken care of hello and welcome to the remarkable ceo podcast with your co-hosts dr stephen franson and dr pete camiolo we're thrilled to be on the journey with you and hope to help you make yours more remarkable. We're certain that you'll find instant value to apply to your business and life from listening to this weekly podcast. We celebrate the fact that you choose to invest in your self-development on this audacious journey that is guaranteed to challenge, inspire, and empower you to create a remarkable business as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. The doctors have trained thousands of chiropractors and leaders around the globe how to create scalable, durable, and transferable businesses and are enthusiastic to teach insights and lessons from their expanding experience. Our hope is as a listener, you'll generate acceleration for your personal and business transformation with results that will elevate you from having a job to owning a business that is remarkable while helping you become the CEO. Hey everyone, Dr. Pete here along with my co-host, Dr. Stephen Francis. Dr. Stephen, great to be together today. Hey, Dr. Pete. Happy to be back with the new episode. And uh, we're excited because we believe truly that you can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life and not instead of one. Those are not just words. Those are actions. And those are things that we're experiencing and our clients are experiencing. And we're so happy to share with you the ways that you can achieve this and accomplish this as well. And we know that in order to accomplish this, you must go from owning a job to owning a business and stop thinking and acting like an owner operator and start thinking and acting like a CEO. And you know what? I think this is the perfect setup for our topic today, Dr. Steve. What are we going to be talking about here today? Yeah. So today we're going to drill down. We have the conversation around what does it mean to go from being an owner operator to becoming a CEO? And, you know, we're going to talk about like the identity shift that needs to happen there. And of course, when your identity shifts, your perspective changes. And that's really the most important part of this because when perspective changes, your decision making process and changes. And of course, your decisions, your behaviors those drive your outcome. So uh, we're going to unpack that here today. So Dr. Pete, let's give the conversation just a little bit of context, right? For those who are maybe joining our podcast for the first time, right? So you said the premise statement, right? Which is all about having a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. And we always emphasize that last sentence, right? Because we agree it, for all business owners and definitely in chiropractic, there's just way too much brokenness comes with people that are on purpose and committed to growing and building a successful practice at the expense of their life, right? So we, we what we want to be able to do here is make it actionable so that people can actually have that remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life. And like you said, we've identified this really critical two-step process. And these things have to really happen concurrently, right? So the first is take your job and turn it into a business. And the second, which is what we're going to talk further on today, is going from being the owner-operator to actually being the CEO. And Dr. Pete, in previous episodes, we talked about the qualities, the characteristics that differentiate owning a job versus owning a business. And we talked about scalability, durability, and transferability, right? Businesses are scalable, durable, and transferable. So when I say scalable, give us like a real life example. Like what's that look like? Yeah. So, you know, I think I immediately go back to when I first started in practice. Um, actually the first work, uh, job that I had, I worked as an associate in a practice and we were doing individual one-on-one -on -one report of findings. And I remember, um, speaking with that doctor that I was working with about this concept of actually doing like a group and doing a class. And I remember, um, 
you know, before, right before I finished up there uh, and moved on and opened my, my first clinic, we just had shifted into that. And I remember how exciting it was for us to do that. So, you know, one example of scalability is going from an individual report of findings into a group report of findings. And now you've taken the same amount of time. So let's say the average report of findings took us 30 minutes, right? What we did was we blocked 30 minutes for an individual. Well, imagine you take that same block of 30 minutes and you sat six people in front of you and you did the exact same thing that you did for the individual with with six people. That's the difference. Um, That would to me is the primary example that I could come up with as far as what it was to truly transition from having a practice that was unscalable to one that was starting to scale. Yeah, absolutely. And there may be some people right now who are sitting there like out of their skin being like, oh my gosh, how do you go from doing a report of findings to one person to a group of four, five, six people, what have you? Uh, you know, the way we framed it was it's really the pre-report of findings and they break out and individually get their report of findings, if you will, because we all know it. 80% of what you're saying to every single patient you say to every single patient. So that's so incredibly inefficient and frankly, less effective to do it one-on-one over and over and over again. So that's a beautiful example of scale going from an individual report of findings to a group report of findings. Now to go from scalable to durable, I love the example of it's having your associate doctors do that group report of findings while you're, you know, on vacation with your family. Yeah. I think, um, you know, and the capacity to, create durability is great, Dr. Steven. And I, I think of the example of the associate doctor's capacity to be able to do the report. And, and then the second iteration is actually leveraging technology like a video to be able to do a report. That's durable as well. And so you have multiple ad- options as far as once you start to, th- and this is what happens, doc, uh, you know, once you start to think scalable, durable, transferable in these ways, it's all, it stimulates these ideas and you start catching and hearing things with a new, you talked about it, you said perspective, right? You said identity shift first, perspective shift, right? So what happens is you start getting new perspective, decision shifts. Now we change the way we make decisions. Whereas before I would have went left, today I go right. You know, these, and then next, all these opportunities start coming. That's what ends up happening. Ideas start coming, opportunities, strategy starts coming. Creativity, innovation, right? So when we talk about that identity shift, You've heard the expression thinking outside the box. When you go from being an owner operator to being a CEO, you actually climb out of the box, right? So next thing you know, you're out of the box and this innovation, this creative spirit, all of a sudden you start seeing options that you just didn't see before. And I love that example of going to even leveraging technology where you're using video to do that that class, like that group report of findings. And you know what, for, for people like you and I have been around for a while and for docs who have been out there longer, you know, 25, 30, 30 plus years, they're like, oh man, that's old school, right? You should be using videos to do your pre-reported findings. And remember, they did that in the 70s and then the 80s, right? And into the 90s. Yeah. And here's the deal. So much of that was just horrible as far as how the pro- production quality and how it was done and even how it was perceived. Um, here's the deal. Culturally, people have made that shift and now, in the last five years, there's been a major change between how people used to consume their information and their content to the cultural shift to, without a doubt, people nowadays are accustomed to getting most, if not all, of their information through video, right? So, that, that you know, it's, it's a conversation for a future podcast, right. for sure. Yeah. Examples of how to leverage technology. All right, so we've talked about scalability. We've talked about durability. The third quality 
is transferability. What does that mean to you? How does that hit the ground real world? I mean, the real world hits the ground, you know, Doc, in, in a previous episode, if you haven't listened to our episode on the four seasons, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. We talked about how there are four seasons in every chiropractor's career. You, you have your launch season where you're going into practice. You have your build season where you're really building that practice, building mastery. And you go into scale, which is really where you're starting to leverage. We're going to get into a little bit more of that actually today. The last season is exiting. You know, a lot of us think, well, you know, I know Dr. Steven, you had mentioned, you're going to drag my dead body out of the, from underneath the high low kind of thing. But the reality is, is one day you may end up wanting to sell your practice or needing to sell your practice or, you know, somewhere in the middle of that. And so um, to me, transferability means the actual asset sale of a practice of your business, actually building it to sell it. I remember um, when I worked for um, a landscaper in college and, and we did landscape construction and, um, and I remember he always, we would clean the trucks and he always said a clean truck is a happy truck. And I remember we would, we cleaned everything for steam. I mean, we were literally like pouring concrete and we were going through quarries, getting stone. Our trucks got just destroyed, you know? And so every Friday we would clean those trucks. We would shine the wheels. I mean, it was beautiful. It was pristine. And I remember we did, it was like, man, this is hard work. Like every Friday we got to do this. But I, I remember doing that. And, um, and, and it's because of the fact that he said, you know, we want to take care of our stuff so we could sell it. We always, we build it, you know, we, we, we take care of our stuff as well, you know, keep it almost like new so we could sell it. And I thought about that and I, you know, that influenced me early on in my life because I thought, you know, I'm going to take care of everything in my life and I'm going to keep it so well that if somebody came in, like, dude, I would love to buy that from you. Like you could buy it from me. And I took care of it. So the building your practice now, even if you say, doc, you're 10 years, 15 years in your mind from selling it. You know what? But if someone came tomorrow and was like, I got a blank check and I feel like your practice is worth even more than you could. And they would write that check to you, take the practice and you were felt like that was what you're supposed to do. Would you do it? But also would they do it? <laughs> more importantly, would they be willing to do it? So building your practice in a way where you could sell it and will be able to sell it one day, but building it today as if. So running it today as if one day that's, that's what's going to happen because one day it will. Yeah. I mean, this is obviously 10 topics for episodes in the future when we talk about like what creates transferability, you know, like the systems that need to be in place, the culture that needs to be in place, the people, the team you need to build around that, the training systems that need to be in place, right? Not to mention the financial uh, health of the practice, like the bookkeeping and the visibility and uh, I mean, all, all, all of these basic business practices that unfortunately seem to skip over the chiropractic industry, we've got to teach these guys exactly how to button up their business. So it is a saleable asset, right? And that's what creates transferability. Because if you don't do this right, you might not actually experience all four seasons of the chiropractic career. You might be like most chiros where you go from launch to build and then you try to exit and you skip that scale, you know, season of the life and that does not exit well, right? So you and I have both gone through the exit process and being able to do it gracefully and profitably, uh, we'll certainly be able to share our own scar tissue uh, from those experiences. All right. So we've talked about, you know, taking your job, turning it into a business. Business is a scalable, durable, transferable the second and very important part of this is the transformation of you, Doc, you, the owner, operator, into the CEO. So when we say owner, operator 
versus CEO. Unpack that for me a little bit there, Dr. Pete. What's, what do you mean when we say owner operator? You know, I think Dr. Stephen, you and I have talked about this quite a bit. Um, coming from this high volume space of, of chiropractic, we, we, there, there was a lot of brute force that kind of went into our, our journey. Um, you know, uh, I was very attracted to the, the brute force model, honestly. Uh, you know, getting into your community, getting in as many businesses and churches as you possibly can, doing talks, uh, every screening opportunity, we were there. So there's this concept of uh, being just hustling and grinding, just going after it, but also just this brute force, like, I'm going to do it no matter what. Like, I got this, even if my team, like, I, it doesn't even matter. Like, I don't have time to focus on anybody else. I've got this. Right, right. Put it on my back. I got it. And like, we love it. And you know what? I got a lot of, uh, I got jazzed about that. Like I got, I would come up at the end of the day and you're like, I got scars. I got, man, I did it today. Like land dragons. Land, yeah. And, and you know what? I got so much value out of that. And, and so to me, I would say the difference, and we talked about this a little bit, but brute force versus leverage. So we're, we're going to get into that. But I, I was, I had an addiction to the brute force model, to be honest. Uh, I loved it. I loved the way it made me feel. I was in a sympathetic dominant state. I was getting jazz. I mean, I was, you know, I was, I was getting this endorphin and Keflin kicks, you know, I was just like, I was in that place. And, um, and that's a season is what I would say now, right? That's a season. And I would say it's a beautiful one. And we talk about that in the build season that it is a brute force season in the launch and the build season. It is. And and we want to honor yep. that, right? Like, I mean, it made you the doctor who you, who you are today. It made you the leader you are today. It made you the teacher you are today, you know? So it, I would say that it made you the man you are today. It shaped you as a husband, as a father, right? So it's like, I know looking back at that season of my life, I loved the brute force season and it, and it helped us realize a certain level of success, right? So when we drove it, right, it was this glorious season where we were going through this phase of mastery, you're learning what it meant to be a business owner, to be an entrepreneur, to be a chiropractor, become a master adjuster and a patient educator and marketer and start hiring people and mastering your systems. You've got to go through that season. It's a glorious season. And although it'll get you to a certain level of success, it'll also be exactly what caps that success and keeps you from going to that next level, right? And to getting into that scale season. So yeah, the owner operator is the person who owns the practice, owns the owns the business at that point, but the truth is is they own a job, right? So they're the one that's head down bum up adjusting the patients, they they're doing the marketing, they're hiring and firing, they're you know, they're doing the heavy lift of being an owner operator and we call that brute force, right? So when I say making the transformation over into scale, this is where you've got to become the CEO. So what's, you know, what's the key to becoming a CEO? If you're going to wrap it up and let's say in a word. Leverage. Yeah. It's leverage. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt, the CEO looks for leverage. You know, it's like, there's that perspective of where can I gain more leverage and leverage meaning that you learn how to leverage systems and technology and especially other people. Right. So I think one of the the examples that I love uh, on this is uh, it's a quote I heard um, actually on a podcast that I follow here. I heard somebody put it beautifully. A great example of going from owner operator to CEO and the perspective shift that has to happen is recognizing that although our patient, our customer 
is the center of the universe. As the CEO, you've got to make the shift from you focused on your customer, your patient, and you've got to make the shift to focusing on your team Amen. and let your team focus on your patient or your customer. How true is that, Doc? It is 100% the true. I, I, I think that, especially speaking to chiropractors, that our whole training has been getting us prepared to take care of the patient. And so everything in your, in your nervous system, in your DNA and your training has prepared you for not being the CEO, actually for being the caretaker and the caregiver. And that is amazing. The transition though is very disruptive for a lot of doctors. They want it, I think, or they think, but they're not sure how to get there. And there's some real change in, like you said, identity shift and perspective that's required but this, what you're describing here is the key. This is the strategy. The strategy is to shift your focus from investing and focusing all your energy on the patient to focusing on your team and allowing your team and empowering them and equipping them to focus on taking care of the patient. So this way, the patient is always cared for. They're always cared for to the degree that your standard that you set and raise the standard. Here's what happens. When you leverage and you become the CEO, by that, by I call it creating prox the proximity problem. If you're if you're too close to your product, a lot of times you lose perspective. I found that when I create distance, I gain perspective. I actually become more insightful to my team and helping them take even better care of patients than when I was. My face was on the rock wall and I was climbing. Like all of a sudden, I actually am a better caregiver from afar because I see how we can take even better care of our people. Because I've distanced myself just a little bit and I can pour into my team and help them. And then I'm getting feedback from them. We're now having dialogues about care. Now it's not just me trying to figure it out. It's we trying to figure it out. And next thing you know, what happens? Patient care actually got elevated and the experience elevated. And now we're getting more referrals and we have more impact. We're making more money. Why? Well, because it's not about you anymore. It's about, it's a we movement, not a me movement. And this is such a key piece to that shift where the customer not only is taken care of, but they're even more taken care of. That's amazing. Yeah, and that's, and that's the perspective shift because I think the limiting belief around this is immediately is that, well, that means that the quality is gonna go down so that I can see more quantity, right? So that is a broken limiting belief. What you have to say is there are implications to you delegating this level of service. And the number one implication is the commitment to surrounding yourself to, with A players only right? The implications of how critically important it becomes to having the right people on your team. All right, Dr. Pete, I'm getting ahead of myself now. I know I'm super excited to get into some of the team components. We'll do 20 episodes on team because ultimately, you know, that is the critical part of going from being an owner operator to being a CEO is just recognizing, man, I've got to have the systems in place, but I've absolutely got to surround myself with the right people to execute on those systems, right? And then train them and trust them trust, but verify. All right, Dr. Pete, this was awesome. Uh, you know, quick recap. If you want to create a remarkable practice, part of a remarkable life, not instead of one, man, you got to take that job and turn it into a business. And you have to go from being the owner operator to being the CEO. That's an identity shift. It's a perspective shift and it's a behavior shift. All right, gang, stay tuned as we continue to unpack this critically important conversation so that you can move forward and create your own remarkable practice. Thanks for listening. To see the full show notes for this episode, which include quotes and any links mentioned, head on over to theremarkablepractice.com slash podcast. 
There you'll see links to all our past shows as well. If you're enjoying the show, we'd also love to build up our list of reviews on Apple Podcasts. You can leave your five stars at theremarkablepractice.com slash apple. Have a remarkable day.